passion and pageantry of college football lives here. This is the Paul Feinbaum Show, Hour 3 Podcast. This might be college football, Back, what an interesting afternoon this has been on a Monday. Let's uh, continue with more phone calls. And Chris is up next. Uh, Hello, Chris. Hi, Paul. How are you doing today? We're doing great. Thank you. So uh, I was listening earlier when you were talking to Bubba, talking about uh, his question about what's the impact of Texas going to be coming into the SEC. Right. And uh, I have I had an experience with Texas fans that I thought, you know, your viewers might be interested in. Sure. And so, you know, back in 2009, you know, that was the year that uh, we played, Alabama played Texas in the national championship game. And I happened to be traveling for work the weekend of the Red River rivalry. Which was played at the Cotton Bowl there in Dallas. Well, I was at I was at Love Field, and um, and I landed and walked out on that concourse. And let me tell you something: I've never seen it was just like an ocean of burnt orange. That's all you could see in that whole place. And of course, I'm wearing an Alabama sweatshirt, and uh, I have only been cursed at more like more stridently. Um, by LSU fans, like like it was the only other that was the closest it could be. Like it didn't matter who it was, didn't matter how old they were, didn't matter male or female. It was just like, you know, I got I got plenty of people showing me I was number one with a certain finger, you know, yeah. those, those kind of things. I hear you. And uh, and this this was midday, like this is middle of the day, this is middle of the afternoon. So I had to spend the night in Dallas there because I had to basically turn around and fly back out. And uh, so when I got to the hotel later that that night, you know, it was after, after once the sun went down. I'm telling you, man, when it comes to Texas fans, it's almost like the movie Gremlins. Like, don't feed them at night. Yeah. Like, don't, don't, don't let them have alcohol at night. I mean, it was unholy. And the worst ones were, were the female co-ed fans. Oh, really? Were just, okay. Oh, my God. Like, you don't well, Chris, even know. Chris, uh, you know, you're I, talking about an era of Texas football. I remember uh, we did our show. Uh, we were on radio only uh, outside yeah. the Rose Bowl before the uh, Alabama-Texas game. And I'm a yep. pretty nonviolent right. guy, but I mean, I, I, I nearly threw a few swings at uh, Texas fans while on the air. They were so arrogant. It was, uh, you know, was them. I'm sure they, I'm sure they've sobered up and become a much, uh, <laughs> much more like, holy yeah. uh, football program now that they're in the SEC, right? I, I mean, maybe we'll see. I, I wouldn't say that because we were at the Texas game this past year, my wife and I. Yeah. And, um, she, I don't know what it is. She just has a, I don't know. She, she don't do anything. I mean, we were there at the USC game um, years ago, the season opener, and this dude had turned around and was barking at the crowd. Well, he happened to be facing us. And my, my wife said, sir, the game's over there. Turn around, please. Right. But we were behind two Texas fans this year and Brian Denny. Right. And it was ungodly. It was yeah. ungodly. The well, dude was I, so I bad. I was able to deal with a few the it night before. And they were, they were great the night before the game. Yeah. Oh, no, no, it was the dude, the dude, <laughs> the dude had told But, but, but you have to remember, Chris, can. there was a, something, uh, I, I was, uh, with some people at a, at a, whatever the name of that outdoor, uh, rooftop bar is in Tuscaloosa. Um, uh, yeah, I know what you're, I know where you're talking about. I went out yeah. with some people and we ended up up there, ran into the governor of Texas yep. and all kinds of, I mean, all the Texas people were staying there. And but and right. they were really nice and and and, and fun. But the, but mm. you have to remember why this was before beating Alabama. 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. And yeah. I think they went through yeah. uh, some sort of exorcism after that and became a it different was, person. I think it was the revenge of Mac Brown. It was, the, yeah. it was Mac's revenge, right? I mean, Mac got sabinated pretty bad yeah. well, after you know, the I mean, championship game, and they've been waiting. Chris, you I know? interviewed Mac on our show about a year or two after that, and he still looked like he was uh, you know, going through shock mm-hmm. treatment. I think, you know, honestly, the people who are most happy about Saban retiring are all the other coaches in the SEC. Oh, yeah. Right? Now, maybe maybe Kirby will start Kirbyizing some of them and getting them fired. But think about how many coaches lost their positions because they couldn't beat Nick Saban. Right? Or Chris, Chris, he, they thought right. they were going to win, and he uh, beat I'll them. never forget. So, uh, remember the uh, the 2015 season, Alabama beat Clemson. They had that, that onside kick. And we were doing oh, one yeah, of those. I was, there. Uh, I was there. Yeah, we yep. were doing one of those crazy uh, film room deals uh, in uh, where mm-hmm. were we? Uh, we were in Arizona. And hey, thanks yeah. for the call. And, and we were uh, like inside the st- underneath the stadium. And I was doing the show with uh, who was the coach at Arkansas? Uh, Bielema? Yeah. So Brett Bielema was our guy. I was in there with I think Booger and somebody. Uh, I don't even remember. Uh, and. At the end of the game, I, I just kind of made the. I said, man, what, what an amazing night for Nick Saban. I said, uh, you know, maybe he would. I wonder if he would even consider retiring after this. And uh, Bielema goes, man, don't, 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 don't say false things if they're not true. I mean, he said that would be the greatest news ever. He said that on the air. Uh, and that's how much even then. I mean, that was what, one, two, three national championships ago for Nick Saban. Hey, thanks for the call. That was really cool. Uh, Tracy is in North Carolina. Hello, Tracy. Paul, Paul, Paul. Hey, two quick things. I'm not going to talk about the balls today, but uh, hey, Friday's show was fantastic. I want to give you a compliment. That uh, interview with uh, Don Staley was great. And, uh, you know, the the stories about uh, Bear Bryant from all those people, it was uh, really good. But now I've got a, a serious subject I need to talk about. We need to get Jim from Tuscaloosa to get his caller school going uh, because it's gotten bad. I mean, I've been listening to you since uh, the nineties when we lived, my wife and I lived in Anniston, Alabama. Right. And so I've been following you and listening to you since then. And back then I'll have to admit most of my listening was for the callers, you know, the, the Jim's from Crestwood, the Charles from real town, Bobby, right. Tammy, Phyllis, all those. Okay. Well, now, I mean, it's got bad, and I have to agree with Jim. His last few calls the last couple of weeks have been fantastic, and he's right about the callers. There needs to be some uh, some education done. Uh, well, well, Tracy, I, I'm going I'm to answer it. When we got here, I mean, we've been at uh, – this network has been up and running for almost 10 years, and we started beforehand, and uh, – this may come out in the book yep. one day that somebody, but there was always this tug of war about the callers. Uh, I, I knew how important they were. And when I, when we, when I first got the job, I, I, I gave an interview and uh, I said, man, what, this is going to be so great to uh, be reunited with all the callers. And I got uh, Mike Slive, who was a commissioner of the SEC, uh, called me and said, are you out of your mind? <laughs> I said, no, maybe I am. I don't know. What's the problem? He goes, he said, he said this, this is supposed to be about uh, the players and the coaches. And I said, oh, my goodness, I can't believe I took this job. Um, my point being, we've come a long way from those early days when, when there was some resistance to the callers because these callers, I knew who they were. I knew many of them. You did. But 
the suits really sure. didn't understand how important they were. Well, the, the thing is now, uh, I don't have a problem with most callers, but when a certain group of them that Jim needs to educate uh, call up. Okay, well, I feel like. Tracy, here's what, here's what we Danielson. need to do. And Jerry you're Danielson would do it. The second if person that's mentioned this. Balls game, okay. I'd have to mute the whole game. Okay, here's what we need to do. And, and I, I'm not a hunter, but I, but I know a lot of my friends and relatives are, are they love to deer hunt. And why, why do we, every time I question somebody about hunting, here's what they tell me. They say you have to, you have to winnow out, you have to weed out, you have to thin out the herd. Otherwise, that's all you have. I mean, you'll have deer, uh, you know, coming into your backyard and 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 marching down the highway. I know that yep. sounds. I think that's correct, isn't it? Isn't that part of the, the theory behind I've hunting? Heard, I'm not a hunter, but I've heard that. Yeah, but I, mean, I, I, I swear I don't understand. I have but a short list to, to weed out. I went, uh, one time I had, I had a friend who took me uh, quail hunting once. And a bunch <laughs> of us were out there, and this guy was not to be trusted. And the next thing I knew, he was actually shooting at me uh, because there was some what? quail. And I said, that's it. I'm not, I'm not trusting anybody again. Um, my point being, you know where I'm going here, and this sounds cruel, but do you think maybe we need to start hunting some of our own callers? Yes. And I need a short list if you okay, want Okay, I want to hear the list. Time. This is the new theme of the offseason. Who needs to be eliminated okay. from this show? And Jim needs to be writing this down. Okay. Casey, Casey figure out a way to do the school. All right, number one would have to be Bash. Bash, okay. 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 I agree. Number two would have to be AJ. AJ. And neither one of them, neither one of them talk about their, their teams or any okay. technical stuff, you know, in football or basketball or anything else. They just bash people. Uh, and then, of course, John, even though John from St. Louis makes me laugh every time he's on, he needs some education. I'm not saying he needs to be deleted, but he needs some education. And unfortunately, Johnny B, I, I don't listen to you, Paul. I watch you, I should say. Right. To hear poems and songs made up about people. I mean, right. so there's, uh, okay. there's four guys that need some education. Yeah, no, we don't, we don't need, need any poetry here, and we don't need any lyrics. No, no. And I'm not saying I'm not saying get rid of them, but let's let Jim have a couple hours with him, and I think it'll make a difference because he is the number one caller. I will admit, uh, and you need to get Dwayne. I can't believe he's ignoring you. But anyway, I'm about. I think I'm done. Thank you for your time, Paul. Thank you very much. Yeah, I'm, I'm not going to comment on every caller. Uh, I, I, I think AJ, does AJ serve a purpose? The, the control room likes AJ um, more than we used to. Uh, Bash is just getting destroyed. Uh, yeah, I mean I, I, I mean, I might go and get a temporary restraining order to prevent Bash from calling again. Yeah, <laughs> I mean... Or as Danny just told me, bash my forehead into the desk until he stops. Let's take a short break. We're back after this. Reggie White, who's a defensive end for the Green Bay Packers, says that the firebombing of his church in Knoxville, Tennessee this week was the work of racists who may have been trying to hurt him. First there was one fire, then there was another, then there was another. It wasn't just Reggie's church that burnt down. Hundreds of churches burned in the 90s. I think we have a major problem in our country that we don't want to admit, and that has to do with racism. Was this 1996 or 1956? 30 for 30 podcast and Antscape presents Through the Flames. Listen now wherever you get your podcasts. Death is the only punishment here. Now streaming, 
FX's Shogun. My master asks, what do you seek here? To vanquish our common enemies. Based on the global bestseller by James Clavell. War is coming. The epic saga of war, passion, and power. Let it come. FX's Shogun, now streaming on Hulu. Listening to the Paul Feinbaum Show podcast. Back on the show that always changes. I bet you thought I was going to say never changes. Because the king has arrived. Jim is up. Well, I'm not the king. I'm not the king, but I'm a sapient fellow when it comes to, you know, sorting out comments. You're 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 like the king, like Elvis was the king. You know what, Paul? I'm going to tell you, that's funny you popped it up because somebody said this the other day, and and this needs to be said on air. I'm going to say it because he said it in front of. A big audience one night when he was performing, a bunch of girls, uh, you know, that loved him or crazy. But you know, he had more groupies than anybody ever seen. Sure. Except for me, you know, I get a lot of groupies too. But <laughs> anyway, <laughs> bigger than Elvis. I brought a picture, Paul, of me when I was 18 years old. I, I wish I could. I, I thought about sending it to you. I wish. I wish you. I, I wish you would. Elvis, tr- I wish you would trust At me. 18, with it. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. Girls were following me. I, Carrying my books from school when I was 18. I'm not kidding you. But that's all, I'm not going to brag. I didn't call to brag. I called about Tracy's call. You need to consider what he said. Here's the thing about bad callers. First of all, they have no personality. I mean, like bad. She's got no personality. He just comes on like a New, New York. Uh, my daddy said that was the roughest city in the world to live, to live and work in because everybody was so mean, cruel, and rude. No personality. No, you know, just, well, anyway, yeah, that's I, what I, bad I, she I, is. I, I've, just, I've been there. I know, and the thing is, you start to, that's, that's your fault, Paul. You should never even, if you got, I don't mind you, maybe, you, you know, having your own, but you don't start the show with some moron that can't, have, has no personality, and that's that guy. Also, you don't, I don't think you ever have, should have a caller like AJ, because he does nothing but piss off just about everybody. I think he pisses off his mother and daddy, I really, all the time. I, Why I, do you I, think I, they I, had him? <laughs> yeah, that, but I mean, you I know, mean, that, and, was, that and, was not uh, a baby born in love. Yeah, and it, you know this Johnny B guy. I, I noticed today he just he's starting to go. I don't know what's going on. He had a. I thought he was pretty good at one time. And you got Bubba. Hey, you, you ever you ever Bubba seen a guy that sounds more like Bubba? Yeah, you you stepping on a good call, Paul. You oh, ever had, you ever heard of a, any guy like like named Bubba that that acts more like a Bubba than Bubba? No. Hey, man. I can't. I wish I could imitate him. He has the he has the most dumb redneck. I, Randy, don't get Randy. Uh, you get me on him too. I was going to leave Randy out of this. Okay. Seriously, we'll though, Randy. you need Tracy made tremendous points about what he what he brought up because it's hurting your show. I I talk to people. It's hurting your show, Paul. What do they, they have say? These clowns on it. Save us money only for one, a uh, you know, research project. But see, I know, I know you won't do it. Why you won't do what Tracy said? Because you won't have any more. Oh, we thank you. Wonderful. You're just wonderful. Well, Jim, we, we love we you. So need, you're the focus group. We don't need to hire, you know, 14 people at a strip mall. We can just question you. But I'm telling you, though, I know why. I know why you won't call these callers because they're the ones that say, "Love you, Paul. We love you so much. <laughs> you know, can't do without you." I must admit, no, that's good for my you, ego. You, 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 yeah, well, you won't. Hey, you're not getting much uh, of any of that lately. And Paul, the show has gone down. 
It's gone down. You want the truth? It's gone you're down. About, you're talking about the people saying that to me? What? I'm talking about the show itself has gone down because you're not the same meet the standard of excellence that you used to be. What's happening? Jim, uh, if I, could I indulge you? I mean, I, I need to know because I've got a big decision coming up here very soon, and I, I, okay. need, I need to hear it from me. you. Indulge me. Indulge me. Yeah. I mean, I, I need to know what, what I should do. You know what to do, but you're not going to do it. You're not, you just, you've cha- I've never seen anybody change 180 as much as you have when you used to be really good. I mean, if it's a bad caller, you just, bam, he's gone. Gone. Where did that guy go? Do you think it's age? Do you think I've just lost it? No, I think, no, I think because the show started getting bad. You know, you started people get older things. and they get in their 60s and they just don't like saving. I don't think it's got anything to do with that. Your brain is still the same as it was, I think. Okay. You're still as good as you were mentally. You just, you're just not willing to I mean, do I what you I just want to know do. when it's time. And I'm going to tell you why I think you're not doing it. Because you, you're so, you yourself have become so ESP and eyes. Ooh. That's that the problem. That, that really hurt. That hurt. Well, that's a, it's a fact. You know it's a fact. Because nobody wants to be ESPNized. <laughs> the whole show is now. Especially if they work at ESPN. <laughs> yeah. And I, and I you, know what that means, you, Jim. I mean, you're right. We've had this private conversation. I know we have, and, and, and you know it's true. And you made, a, you made a point about a couple of years ago, you always, you, you tease the audience, you're teasing me. Oh, Paul, I mean, oh, Jim, I think we're going back to Birmingham. I think I can't stand this anymore. Yeah, I can't Jim, stand I thought we were, but we, we, after this call, we probably are. <laughs> we ought to. So, we okay, to. so, Jim, uh, allow me to ask you, and I know this would be better as a private conversation, but I don't have time. I need to know. Things are happening. Uh, if, we, if we took the show, if we ended this ESPN stuff, okay? Right, right. And we took the show back to Birmingham, assuming they would have us. Oh, they have you. Um, how would it be better? Back to what you used to be on uh, ERC. Right. Same thing. Right. That's um, all as simple as that. No, it's not Jim, a, it's at some, not point, at some point, you have to care more about quality than whatever we get from being up there. Exactly. And you are not, you're, you're completely eliminating quality on this show lately. I'm telling you. I am telling you the truth. You ought to hear me and Jeff. I wish you could have a conversation between me and Jeff. I wish you could include me. <laughs> He don't even want to call him anymore. The, the one thing so I don't want he to do is... He told me that I'm not calling that show anymore. It's too bad. He, he said it embarrasses me. I mean, assuming that That's this network saying. will allow me to keep working here, I don't want to sign on and, 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 and be able to and, and run and, and have you call me and say, you made a mistake. I, I'm not I sure don't want that. Mean. I mean, everybody has a bad ending. Uh, I, I don't want to, my last show to try to run up the middle and have the center miss the snap and have my right tackle or right guard blown up. And I don't want it to end like that, Jim. I don't know what to say, Paul. I'm trying to be nice. And I mean, I, I guess, I, you know, maybe you don't so, think okay, I'm so being Jim, nice. In, you know, a nutshell, am, in a nutshell, because this is the time oh. to make the decision. I think, I think you know it what I'm needs, saying, don't you? You need to be more compelling with your cars, right. with yourself, and with your staff. Right, okay. Because uh, I don't want to continue on. Because I just have limited, I have limited time left. Well, then join Saban. Go down to that eighteen million dollars. No, I don't want to and, do that, take- Jim. You know me. I don't. First of all, I don't have the money. Uh, I don't have the desire. Uh, I want to keep. I want to keep working. I want to be relevant. I want to not be relevant like this, but be relevant yeah, to mean. the people that matter, like you. Yeah, I know. Like just because that's why I still call the show because I, I want to be relevant. So, uh, but anyway. so uh, you, are you saying? Got to be more compelling, uh, so Paul. You if, got you, to be more Jim, compelling. if you were representing me right now, and by the way, uh, 
what would you tell me? You would tell me what would you tell ESPN because they're they're on the phone fairly soon here. I tell you, you know what I tell ESPN? Get lost, and if you want to keep me, get lost. In other words, leave me alone. Okay, because that's what I tell them. You, I'm you, insane, you know that's that, what you, you know need that, to tell uh, them. The, pl- the plane is the plane is landing you here. Need very to tell very them, you know, he, Paul, you listen, you tell me. I'll listen, I'll listen to me. You need to tell ESPN what you used to say. Vickers, stand down. <laughs> that's what you need. I think I will. I, and by I the way, I think it's, well, that was it, when you were good. You can you can criticize you your good. bosses now, can't you? Happens all huh? the time. What'd you say? Okay, uh, Jim, you've given you've given me a lot to think about here. Well, you should. I hope you just do it. Don't think about it. Do it. Okay. Um, All right. See. You. Okay. Thank you. I, I've got to. I've got to think about that. Uh, I, I don't mean to interrupt a, a good call or a good segment, but I, I need to go to a break right now. Yeah. Kenny. You're listening to the Paul Feinbaum Show podcast. We're back, and uh, Kenny Smith from The Athletic covers uh, Alabama and the SEC for The Athletic, and there's a lot happening uh, in 24, if you haven't heard. Uh, Kenny, thank you for the time. Uh, Before we get to the SEC, I would like to ask you about the last four or five weeks uh, covering Alabama and the end of uh, Nick Saban's reign and obviously the uh, entrance of of DeBoer. Uh, What has it been like? Yeah, well, I'll start by telling a story. So it was actually my birthday when Nick Saban retired. So I was halfway to Atlanta to meet my family for dinner and the news finally broke. So I had to cancel dinner and I found the nearest Starbucks and spent three hours hours there and and was trying to write stories and try to talk to people and then drove an hour and a half back to Tuscaloosa because obviously um, that was where the attention was going to be for the foreseeable future. So for me personally, it kind of turned my world upside down a bit, but um, I have to thank Nick Saban for making my 29th birthday memorable and everything after that has just been um, a bit of a whirlwind I think um, you know everything from Saban retiring to Kalen DeBoer being hired less than three days later and then everything involving Alabama and the transfer portal both in terms of departures and additions has really just kind of taken the college football world by storm so it's been a a busy time but it's been a really exciting time and um, I'm thankful that I get a chance to be a part of this. Well, that is interesting, uh, and I, I don't mean to jump in the middle of this call, but uh, I mean, if you're if you're a writer or a broadcaster, there's always that mo- that holiday you remember that that you had to get called into. Uh, yours is a lot more dramatic than than, than mine. Uh, a couple of years ago, uh, on my anniversary, I literally just got home about seven twenty, and my wife and I were going to go out to dinner, and uh, I got sixteen calls in about a three-minute period to tell me to come back to work because Hugh Freeze had just been fired at Ole Miss. So you, 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 will, you win the more exciting uh, birthday versus uh, dashed anniversary, and I had to come back and report exactly why Hugh Freeze had been fired. Uh, let's get to the, uh, the SEC in uh, 24. It is a year of change. It is, uh, we've already seen recalibrations of, of some of the early uh, rankings because of Alabama and, and, and others. But uh, as you researched and reported, this story that just came out. Uh, you mentioned eight things. Uh, what stood out to you? Yeah, I think the first thing that stood out was just 
the recalibration of expectations for certain programs. I think when we talk about expansion, it's a lot of it is focused on Texas and Oklahoma joining the SEC, but it's really twofold when you think about the 12-team playoff. And the SEC has dominated the four-team era when you think about the number of teams that have appeared and the number of wins and the number of championships. But in a 12-team era, there are schools like Ole Miss and Missouri and others that can look at this from a different lens and say, in certain periods of time, when we feel like we have the roster to go for it, we can be a playoff contender too. And once you get into the playoff field, you have an equal chance of winning a championship as anybody else. So I think that's kind of what stood out to me is that the SEC has dominated the four-team era, and there's really no reason to believe that that domination won't continue in the 12-team era when other teams have an opportunity to make it. And then coinciding with that is what's the future of the SEC conference schedules? Are they going to continue with eight, eight games? Is it going to move up to nine games? What's going to be the format? How many permanent opponents are our teams going to have? So there's a lot of questions left to be answered. Spring meetings is going to be really interesting this year. There's going to be an eight-game schedule, at least for this year. Uh, we really don't know what the scheduling is going to look like into the future. So those are, are a few things that stuck out to me in the course of, of writing the story. And Kenny, that, that feels like a huge thing. We, it, it came up earlier. We were talking uh, about next year, and I'll never forget leaving Destin last year. That just seemed like a, an automatic that we were, it was eight for one season, and then we saw the schedule and everybody was excited, uh, but it would definitely go to nine, and, and you report, uh, even Nick Saban hinted at uh, staying pat, and what, what else just are you hearing and suspecting? Because I, I haven't heard a thing on that subject. Yeah, I think, um, more of the same. I mean, I honestly would probably expect it to to stay at eight if that's what um, you know Saban has has kind of hinted to in that October radio show. That's what it's going to be this year. I think it's more of a matter of how is it going to look. Is it going to be three permanent opponents and five rotating during that call in radio show? Saban kind of hinted at one permanent opponent and seven rotating opponents, which would really eliminate a lot of the the annual rivalries in the SEC. And I think that would probably take fans by surprise. So I think it's a, a little bit up in the air. I would probably Probably, at least just my opinion, probably think that it would lean more towards eight games, which is, you know, consistent with what the ACC is doing. I know the Big 12 and the Big 10 are doing nine conference games, so it's not like the SEC is the only conference doing this. But I think, you know, for the most part, people who are fans of the conference and people who watch the conference and watch college football would like it to go to nine games just to, you know, continue to have those great games and maybe keep some rivalries going, maybe start some new rivalries, renew some rivalries, and um, you know have these SEC teams playing each other as much as possible. The answer may be obvious, but I'll act like I don't know it and haven't ever heard it discussed, but what would the rationale be at staying at eight versus going to nine, which the fans seem to want? Yeah, I think you would just kind of point to the SEC and just their track record of one having you know, really competitive conference and, and great games throughout. And then that hasn't really affected the SEC standing in the college football playoff. You would point to probably strength of schedule at other conferences and say, Big 10 playing nine conference games means that they're playing a tougher schedule than the SEC playing eight. But I would combat that by saying with, you know, looking forward down the line, I can speak for Alabama specifically, they're probably going to start playing multiple power five non-conference games every single year starting um, in this year, or maybe in, in 2025. So that's why I would think they would stay at eight. It really hasn't hindered the SEC to this point. There really isn't reason to believe that's going to hinder the SEC moving forward, especially when you add Texas and Oklahoma, which unlike other conferences that are adding certain teams those are two bona fide playoff contending national championship level teams when they're at their peak so the sec is getting better with the addition of those teams and keeping it at, at eight games would elevate the conference's profile and, and elevate everybody's strength of schedule 
And, and Kenny, I think another thing that you, that you write about that, that you know, may be obvious to people that work where I am, but not to everyone else, is how different television coverage of college football is going to be. Uh, explain what is about to happen. Yeah, starting with the SEC, um, obviously, as you know, the exclusive deal with ESPN. So you're going to see you know, all ESPN platforms, you know, ESPN, ESPN2, ABC, ESPN Plus streaming SEC content exclusively. With the Big Ten, they're moving towards a, a kind of a trifecta deal with Fox and CBS and NBC. So you're going to see Big Ten games on those three platforms every single Saturday. And I think for the SEC, the question is how is ESPN going to continue to tell the story of the SEC and continue to elevate its brand? Um, what I wrote about in the story is 3.30 on Saturday for CBS and the SEC was almost like a religious experience for people in the South. They sit in front of the TVs and they hear those horns and they hear those drums and they hear that that tune. That has become synonymous with SEC football and the way that they were able to set the stage with big games. I'm thinking about the SEC championship and everything that kind of went into it. That helped raise the the sec's profile and then made those games special so i'm really interested to see how espn kind of takes that and, and runs with it and continues to elevate the sec's profile and what their coverage of fc's sec games are going to look like because there are a lot of great games on the schedule i mean kicking off with alabama and georgia in in september the pageantry and the intrigue around that game is going to be um almost national championship level so it'd be really interesting to, to see how you know the espn network continues to pick up that torch from CBS and hopefully propel the SEC forward. And, and I think, Kenny, there's, a, there's been some debate about, because that 3.30 Eastern window was, was so popular and the most watched, you know, where to put the best games. There's, always, there's a sense that, oh, you have to put them at night, but that's, I don't think that's, that's automatic, is it? No, I don't think so. I think the the CBS set a, a really strong precedent of that, you know, late afternoon slate, you're able to to watch the best game. And then after that, you can settle in and, and watch another conference game, you know, at 7, 730. And then, um, you know, formerly known as Pac-12 after dark after that. So I don't think it's set in stone that the, the best games are going to be played at night. Um, obviously, Georgia and Alabama is going to be a night game. But I think moving forward is going to be kind of shifting around and trying to prioritize that you know, marquee game in the same spot, but also trying to identify games that you can put in the nightcap as well. So you can have kind of like a back-to-back -back on, on ESPN or ABC. So I don't think it's a foregone conclusion that every game that is deemed the best game is going to be at night, just because I think most people, not only in the South, but across the country are so used to that late afternoon slot being a, a primetime SEC game. And I noticed something the other day with the ACC release. It was, it was a minor thing, but I saw a lot of Friday night games. Uh, it's apparent to me, I don't know about you, that the ACC, realizes they cannot compete nobody really can compete with the sec yeah i would agree with that i think other conferences and this is kind of started even with like maction playing on different games of the weekdays that other team other conferences are trying to find games and days during the week where they can command the nation's attention but um as we know the sec one of the the dominant the premier conference in college football doesn't necessarily have to do those things um you know unless it's you know egg bowl on thanksgiving or, or something of that sort so i would expect the sec to maybe dabble in, in that and maybe try to put a game on friday you know here and there but uh, for the most part 
start. I mean, Saturdays is for the SEC. So it's going to be a really interesting competition, I think, between the SEC and ESPN and Big Ten and what they're going to have with Fox Big Noon kickoff and then, you know, CBS 330 and then, you know, NBC on Saturday night uh, to, to see where the, the nation kind of draws that interest. But, um, you know, the SEC on, on Saturdays, that's been a staple in college football. I expect it to, to be a staple moving forward. And Kenny, let me let me end uh, where we began with Alabama. Uh, is DeBoer's staff uh, about as complete as as it is it's going to be? Where where is that right now? Yeah, the staff is as complete as it's going to be. I think you know starting to see assistants kind of trickling in on social media, updating their profile pictures, updating their their headers. Um, so I think it's it's about as solidified as it's been. He was very direct in terms of how he. Put together the staff continuity on offense most of his washington assistants following him to alabama on defense he went with a lot of experience multiple head coaches on that staff there's going to be i believe three co-defensive coordinators so a lot of collaboration and it's really going to be a team effort to keep alabama's defense at the standard that it's been at but the staff is complete it's allowed them to go on the road and recruit which is something that's probably the biggest part of what kaylin DeBoer is doing right now is going on the road recruiting start to build those inroads in the south and Alabama's staff seems to be ready to roll. So all eyes are kind of pointing towards spring practice right now, and the spring portal window is going to be really critical in terms of filling out this roster and, you know, Alabama fans and Alabama's coaches hope field a playoff team in 2024. Great stuff. Kenny Smith covers the Tide in the SEC for The Athletic. Always a pleasure to talk to him. We take a short break now. We still have an hour and 15 minutes remaining. It's been a busy show with guests. We will get to your phone calls right after this. You're listening to the Paul Feinbaum Show podcast. We're back, and what an afternoon this has been, and I mean it. Uh, you've heard some calls here that you will not hear anywhere else. I know it sounds like I'm selling cars, but I'm not. Expired is up next in Texas. Well, hello, Expired. Hey, Paul. How's it going? Man, we are doing great. You can tell by some of the calls here today that the, we're, we're, uh, we're having a problem with the public. Well, first of all, before I get into that, uh, I just want to tell you that the guy that called in about the chicken fried steak, he was right about Mary's chicken fried steak in Strawn, Texas. I uh, highly recommend. It's recommended by Texas High School Coaches Association, so that's really all you need to know. Now what's the name of that uh, place again? Really good. Mary's? It's called Mar- Mary's Cafe, Strawn, Texas. I would say I've, never, I've been there once, and I can't remember, but it may be 20 people in the whole town, and that's a true story. Uh, it's just a hole in the wall that, that makes an amazing chicken fried steak. And uh, they, they've been doing it for a long time. Uh, okay. I, I, I would suggest, Paul. By, by the way, I, I just looked up the menu. I'm curious what chicken fried steak costs. And uh, it's, uh, it's pretty reasonable. Probably so. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's what I'm talking about. I like, I like reasonable chicken fried steak. But let's get on to it. Okay. Uh, we're having problems with callers. And, and, and we got, you know, Jim calling in, and, and this is how I would screen the callers, Paul. And, and I'm not telling you how to do the job, but this, was in, this would improve your callers. Okay. I would ask them one, I'd ask them one question, Paul. You know what that question would be? What's that? Do you believe Jim from Tuscaloosa is a good caller? And if they say yes, hang up on them immediately, okay? If they say no, let them talk, okay? Because... Jim from Tuscaloosa, he is, the only thing he is, 
is annoying. Let me say that again. Annoying. I don't think he can spell that. Hopefully he can get in his dictionary. And is that, is that, is that uh, in your spelling of annoying, is there an H in there somewhere? <laughs> it might be. Annoying. It might be. Annoying. Okay. And that's what he is. You know, and I'll close it like this. I don't always agree with AJ. And I don't always agree with Legend and, and a few others. I like old... Uh, now, what, what do you find so annoying about Jim? Uh, everything. Okay. Everything. I mean, Paul, I could, I, could, I could stay on here forever, but number one, he thinks he's a good caller. Okay. No, Jim, you flat out suck. Okay, that's as <laughs> nice as I can put it. Okay. I mean, that's as nice as I can put it, but like these other guys, like AJ and Legend and Handsome and, and some of these guys, hey, I don't always agree with them, but they are entertaining. Okay, they are entertaining, entertaining. And I would have said, old boy from Louisiana is entertaining, but he went, he went on a mission. He's an MIA, man. No, he is. He's, he's not entertaining. He is missing in action. Don Staley doesn't put her foot so far up. You know yeah. what? He's no, a kid. He, he fills it in his mouth. <laughs> I mean, they, they, the family has oh sent out a request in lieu of, in lieu of flowers. <laughs> That's great, Paul. That's great. Well, hey. Hey, Dwayne, rest in peace. We'd love to hear from you again. Jim, I hope you never call again. Hey, have a great day. Thank uh, you, expired. See you okay, later, Paul. Uh, J- um, apparently, Jim is back. That guy's a, a complete idiot, Paul, and you know that. The guy's a complete. No, I'm that's not, the kind Jim. of call I'm you need a, to. I'm not. No, you are an idiot. You're a total stone idiot. You're a stone. You're, a, you're an idiot. You're a complete moron. You don't know, you don't know good call from bad. You really don't. You're, you're a piss hat, you boy. You're just a piss hat. You don't like me because you're jealous of me. You ain't in my league. You ain't in my league, you Texas moron. You're just a, a typical Texas. Typical, thank you something when you're nothing. You ain't nothing. You ought to be, you are an ex, Spired. You are an ex. Hey, ex. Hey, hey. You can't tell me nothing. You can't tell me nothing. You're an idiot. You you're like a complete Joe moron. You sound, you, you, you're a complete, you start, you're a fool. You really are. You you call you calls are horrible. You're hard. You, you got no. You, you, all you you you're the typical. Yeah, I'm, mean, I'm gonna have to call this flight off. To, uh, expired is dead. No, oh, he's sorry. No, I'm just he's the epitome. Oh, he's the epitome of a jealous, sorry caller that's gonna call me. Who you know you wrote in the book. I was the best of all time, and that what you didn't just say that. Before. You know it. It's hey, true because he ain't hurt. He don't care. He won't. He don't. He don't. You're listening to the Paul Feinbaum Show Podcast.